you know, after all these years later, I'm, I'm uh, still tight with the boys from the neighborhood. Why do you think that we have such high regard for the neighborhood still? Well, it's just because that is, it was such a part of your life. It mm-hmm. was your life, and you had a great kidhood. Mm-hmm. I thank you for listening to another episode of Memory Mission, a podcast where at the surface I sit down in the studio with guests and then just share our stories with you. But it's much deeper than that. My guests are longtime friends and family, and the stories that we capture may make you scratch your head and wonder how we're still alive, but I guarantee you'll enjoy listening to Memories of Our Antics as I try to produce and shape them into engaging audio stories. This is actually our last episode, our eighth episode of our first season of Memory Mission that is based in the neighborhood that I grew up in, Sunny Mead in South Bend, Indiana. My main intent with this first season was to sit down with some of my oldest friends and capture, honestly, even a small bit of our priceless childhood. Obviously, I'm new to all of this, so I'm literally just diving in. I'm learning on the fly, and it's truly been a blast doing it. I look forward to doing many more. I have some ideas in store, and I think you'll like them. I anticipate doing more individual episodes in the future, not necessarily all tied to a central theme. I might have two or three episodes here and there on the same topic, but it may be a while before I have a whole multiple episode season all on the same topic. This episode is a bit different in that we don't share too many of our head-shaking childhood antics. But instead, I wanted to include more of TJ and Tony's mother, Kathy, as well as my father, Joel. I also wanted to include some more concluding remarks from the guys, just trying to summarize our childhood here in Sunnymead. It was uh, it was really, really neat to sit down with both Kathy and my dad and record kind of their oral history raising us. Because as you've heard, it was a ride, man. Literally, I could not imagine being in our parents' shoes. They knew at times we were out raising hell, but at the same time, they knew we weren't always getting into trouble. So they let us simply be kids, playing football, riding bikes, going to the Superette, going to the Builder Store. But again, we were no choir boys. There are probably many more words our parents would use to describe us, but choir boys would not be one of them. Next, my dad and I talk about when Jimmy first got his license, the first of the crew. We went from being semi-mobile, just on bikes and feet around the neighborhood, to having full reign of South Bend, Indiana in Jimmy's station wagon. Since we didn't give our parents really too many reasons to trust us, You'll see what happens when the station wagon two 16-year-old boys were driving in broke down near a liquor store. You'll hear what steps my father took to verify if Jimmy and I were telling him the truth. But the truth was simple. We went to Orbit Music on a Tuesday night. I know it was a Tuesday because many folks my age know that that's when the new albums came out. On this particular Tuesday, Outkast's Southern Playalistic Cadillac Music came out. I just looked up the exact date on Google, and it was April 26th, 1994. I had just turned 16 nine days earlier. Jimmy and I were sophomores in high school. We left Orbit Music, and his car broke down about a mile away, 
and the nearest parking lot that was close by happened to be a bullseye liquor. And that's where the car coasted to. Here is Joel and I. We're, we're on into kind of dri- driver's license-ish. Ooh, yeah. Ugly. And we were very mobile on our feet all those years, but we were pretty much yep. confined to just the neighborhood, possibly a few surrounding neighborhoods on our bikes and whatnot. But the first person to get the, his license was Jimmy. And you guys, you and mom have talked about throughout the years that like kind of that first night that Jimmy came and picked me up to go out in the car at all. Do you, do you have any thoughts of that? Or, or? Our thoughts were, of course, worry mm-hmm. or concern. Mm-hmm. Because we knew you and Jimmy. Mm-hmm. We still know you and Jimmy. Yep. We're still here. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> Barely. Which is, yeah. <laughs> that's very true. And I mean, all you can do is yep. let them go. Yep. I mean, there's nothing we could have done. No. no. Um, you know, we're certainly not going to keep you at home mm-hmm. unless something unless I... happened. True. Yeah. But uh, yeah, great trepidation. Jimmy and I talked about when... He got his license, and him and I drove to Orbit Music. We were going to buy Outkast's first album, um, Southern Playalistic Funky Cadillac Music, which is an all-time classic, by the way. Excellent. You wouldn't have known, but You're it's entirely right, yeah. And we were on our way home. I felt proud. I think I still had paper route money, and I bought that CD. It was a CD. Whoa. No, it was a tape. I bought the tape, I think. Anyway, regardless, his car broke down right on Manchester and McKinley, right by a bullseye liquor. And I popped a quarter in and called you up. And you thought we were just trying to buy liquor as a 16-year-old. Talk to me about that. Well, I tell you what. You're out. You go to Orbit Music. Your car breaks down at a liquor store. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, like me, when our cars break down, like if our car breaks down at Meyer, it's because... We were at Meyer buying stuff and it broke down. <laughs> if our car breaks down at church, it's because we were uh, worshiping. Right. Well, your car breaks down at a bullseye liquor store. What am I supposed to think? There's no way you were not buying booze. Right? Well, I- come to find out, I guess you weren't. No. I still, well, though you guys claim I you would weren't. tell you. Oh, I'm sure you would. I'd tell you in a heartbeat. Yeah. But no, we... Uh, that just is just unbelievable. And then think of this, too. Not only did the car happen to break down in a liquor store, but there had to have been a payphone to <laughs> well, call. Well, that's so, good. so even there if it broke down before the liquor store, we still had to walk to the corner to you call. You know what? Them. That's so very true. I just thought yeah. of that, too. We had a, Luckily, we had a quarter. But yeah. I do want to thank you because you showed me what a liquor store looked like for the first time. <laughs> well, you know what? I grew across. I grew up across the street from a liquor store. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, you, you know, were allowed tw- to go in. Twenty you? yards away was a liquor store. Yeah, I went in with my dad. Yeah, you bet. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, very crazy. And you bought cigarettes too, just like or yeah, no? Go down to Lamont's, buy a cigarette. That's crazy. Yeah. Unbelievable. You bet. That's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, my dad walked Jimmy and I right into the liquor store. Two skinny 16-year-olds. He asked the clerk if we tried to buy liquor. The clerk looked at us very confused. And at that point, my dad knew we were, for once, being honest with him. 
But again, kudos to you, Joel. You should be so proud of the fact that the first time I stepped into a liquor store, I was a 16-year-old sophomore in high school on a school night, and I was with you. Next, Kathy provides more insight into the reasons the neighborhood boys all called her spy hunter. She had the absolute most top-notch 007 James Bond-type snooping tactics. Once again, I mean, we gave our parents zero reasons to trust us. So as a parent, I'm not saying I can blame her, but it was a constant game of cat and mouse with us versus the spy hunter. When we were little, or when we were smaller, we you had ooh, like a sixth, seventh, <laughs> and eighth, and ninth, and tenth, and twelfth sense. Talk to me about that. I grew up in a household with four older brothers. Okay. So I know boys. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just, you just, I got it. You just knew. I just knew. I mean, even when they became teenagers, I went as far. This is terrible. Oh no, let's hear it. I went as far as putting the baby monitor in the ceiling <laughs> tile in the basement. <laughs> no, you might accidentally stumble on something you don't want to know about. <laughs> but yeah, I did do that. The kids called me Spy Hunter. They gave me the nickname Spy Hunter. You guys would say, I don't know if she's hanging from the trees or hiding in the bushes. We, we thought you were hiding in the bushes, <laughs> and you used to have that fake bush that you'd put right in front of you, and then when and then when when you know we'd walk down the street, you kind of walk right you know in front of the bush. <laughs> we thought you were in the trees. We thought you were driving around. Luckily, the big van was hard to hide. Yeah, you, you couldn't you know hide in that. I even had one night. I think it was TJ and Jimmy mm-hmm. had snuck out, uh-huh. and I get a call from my brother-in-law. He's listening to the police scan. And he goes, is TJ home? I go, yeah, he's in bed. He goes, are you sure? Ah, he was there when I went to bed. Oh, no. He says, well, I just heard his name on the police scanner over by Jefferson School. I went, oh. So I go downstairs and I look and lo and behold, no TJ. Oh, no. So I went out looking for him. I couldn't find him. Uh-huh. And... Uh, I waited, and I had the back door open, mm-hmm. and as he came in the back door, I said, where have you been, son? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, you have everybody watching out for each other. Mm-hmm. Yep. Next are a few different segments with my dad and Kathy, reflecting a bit on us always being in groups, marauding, as my dad says. And then it was really, really neat that both my dad and Kathy brought up the big wheels, Hot Wheels or whatever you want to call them. They were the very popular plastic tricycles in the early 1980s. Uh, We were probably, I don't know, kindergarten, first grade-ish. But as I reflect back on these times, see, I think the big wheels were more than just three plastic wheels and a sweet handbrake. I think the big wheel might have been one of the first times that our parents were able to look outside see their children having a blast with the half dozen or so other kids from multiple other homes. I bet right then they knew that they had picked the right street and the right neighborhood to raise their children. You know, you're very, very heavily involved with your grandbabies. Yeah. Um, What, when you think of the way we were up and at them around the neighborhood, navigating around, kind of being mischievous and everything like that, 
What would be your thoughts about like your own grandbabies growing up here and kind of going out doing the same thing? Would you have a different... Absolutely. Okay. Talk to me about it. For one, I got little girl grandbabies now. Good point. Good point. Good point. I don't have all boys. Good point. When you boys were together, you were a group. Correct. Team. (laughs) Yeah. You were always together. I mean, I don't think there was ever less than two or three people. Nope. So there was always someone there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. In this day and age... You know, when Morgan comes over and she wants to go for a bike ride, if Tyler doesn't want to go with her, I have, I, you can only go here, here, mm-hmm. and here. Mm-hmm. But Grandma, I have my cell phone. I mean, I just picture you and TJ and Tony and Rachel mm-hmm. all on your big wheels, yep. tearing down our driveway, uh-huh. spin out, yeah. go left, go right, uh-huh. never went into Hell the street. No. We're safe at it five years just, old. It was just awesome. Yep. You guys marauding. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was marauding. this clan of kids right. that just kept getting added to. Uh-huh. I mean, once you discovered over the tracks, my mm-hmm. God, there's the Kinneys. Look out. Mm-hmm. You come down my driveway, uh-huh. head down your way to yep. get up to your driveway. And there was this one time you guys... All three of you guys yep. were in a row, and you all had the handbrake, mm. and you hit that handbrake, and all three of you in unison, it was it was like perfect unison, <laughs> yes. just spun around yep. and stopped. Like a movie. <laughs> yeah. Just like, <laughs> just pulled it back, and it's like a movie. Those rear wheels on the Hot Wheels were so flat yep. after a while. Oh, yeah. They were, it was boom, 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 Oh, yeah. Hot Wheels was a hot topic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And... When you first moved in, I wasn't born yet. I was born in 78. Yes. And um, so, but you were, you guys were very young. You were. We were. You were born in 55, so you were very low 20s. Right, yeah. My mom was still 19 Mm -hmm. when we were married, Mm -hmm. and I was 20, and then we got the house at uh, whatever, yeah, 20. So you were very, very young. Yeah. So you, you really had, you had a good idea, good expectations that it would be a good place to raise kids. Oh, ideal do you yes. still think so after oh, raising kids there? you're not you're not kidding in spite of our own children <laughs> we still think it'd be a great place <laughs> to raise kids you did, bet. did it, it it met your expectations obviously it exceeded by all me, it exceeded awesome yep. as we all met there were a couple of movie references that came up over and over mind you we all met separately but the same couple of movies came up I asked my dad and Kathy about what movies would our childhood remind them of, and they both had the exact same answers. When speaking with some of the other guys, we talked about movies and any movies that um, reminded us of our childhood. Are there any movies that you would kind of use to describe us growing up, Sonny Meat? There's a lot of Sandlot. Yes. In you guys. Okay. There's no doubt. All right. And Why is that? A, Why saying lot? Well, d- literally because you guys were always mm-hmm. playing sports, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And here, here it's so funny now. Your dog Sonny is probably not the much beast. smaller than that than the beast. Yes. Yes. But uh, and also, man, I can't think of the name of it. The one with fat ass. Stand by me. Stand by me. Yeah, yes. I keep thinking lean on me. Yes. But yep. uh, stand by me. Mm-hmm. There's some mm-hmm. stories in there. Yeah. That make me think of you guys. Yep. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. The tracks. You bet. A day's adventure. 
we never hunted a dead body down. Right. But we would have. I'm sure you would have. Deceit you from bet. parents. Yep. Oh. You know, I mean, <laughs> there's just the whole movie. Uh, scared of, like, older kids. You know, are they going to get us? Yep. And that's funny. Um, do you... Did you... Were you able to think of, like, a movie that we might have reminded you of? I have two of them. Let's hear it. One is Sandlot. Okay. Talk to me about that. <laughs> the baseball. All right. You guys, you know, the little league and the baseball, the high school baseball mm-hmm. and all the baseball, Walnut Grove, yes. going to Walnut Grove yep. and, and all of that. Yeah. Uh, what was the other movie that, that we reminded you of? Um, Stand By Me. All right. Let's talk talk to me about that. <laughs> uh, the railroad tracks. You yes. guys always walked the railroad tracks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, even later on, this I don't even know if you guys were in high school or if it was after high school, mm-hmm. but... Um, you guys decided you were going to walk down town mm-hmm. yes. to cut to the ball game. Uh-huh. And you weren't going to ride down with us. We went ahead and drove down, and you guys walked down, and <laughs> you got there and said, damn, I didn't realize it was that far away. <laughs> <laughs> so I was on Facebook the other day on our Sunny Mead Neighborhood Association page, and there was a post on there from longtime neighbor Susie along with a picture of a sidewalk with just red, red like paint flakes on it. And she said, this is all that's left from the iconic red spot in our Sunny Mead area. It represents so much more for so many of us that have lived in this area for 45 plus years. Maybe it's time to update it. As <laughs> soon as I saw the post, I, I laughed because it's, uh, I knew that Kathy and I had talked about the red spot And then I was going to share it on this episode literally four days later after Susie posted it. A a brief description, basically the red spot was just that. It was a red spot. In its heyday, it was probably about a foot wide painted red spot directly on a city sidewalk. But like a lot of different things in our neighborhood, the red spot was more than just a red spot. See, as kids, we had to earn the right to hop on our big wheels or on our bikes and pedal our happy asses down to the red spot. You see, it was at the far corner of the block, about as far as you can go before you turn and go under the tracks, and then by then, you're way out of sight. At first, our parents would only let us go a few houses down, but then if we met their expectations there, they'd let us go a bit further. Eventually, if our parents trusted us enough, they let us go all the way down to the red spot. I think it was probably like, you know, earning a medal or, or earning a, a, the next belt if you're like a karate kid or something like that. Uh, Tony used to love karate, so Tony would know. Here's Kathy and I. There was a red spot down at the corner uh, on Longfellow, and it just was a red spot on, painted on the ground. What, what, talk to me about it. I think originally that might have been something the city did because they put the stop sign there. That was before that little <sighs> island was there. Oh, yeah, way before. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I'm thinking that might have been mm-hmm. what it was. Mm-hmm. And as you kids got older, mm-hmm. you could only go from Johnny's house to yep. your house. Mm-hmm. And you guys couldn't go any further than that. Mm-hmm. And as you got a little older, I said, okay, you can go up to the red spot mm-hmm. because I can see you at that point, but mm-hmm. you got to turn around and come back. Mm-hmm. And then you can only go to the bushes. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> right, exactly. So it was like the bushes to the red spot. Uh-huh. Last weekend, I took Morgan and Tyler and I had the twins with me. Yeah. We went for a walk. We actually came over here to see if you were home. Oh, you guys were okay. going. And um, I told 
the kids about the red spot, yeah. and it's faded. I mean, you can I know, you barely can't see it. See it. Uh-huh. And Tyler says, Grandma, you ought to come down and paint the red spot yeah. again. And I thought, oh, that's so cool. We uh-huh. ought to do that. Yes, that's awesome, because I, I, I jog past it, walk past it all the time. And even when Dylan was little, yeah. I said, that's the red spot. <laughs> I know. That's Isn't awesome. that funny? Just repeat, you know, a spot of paint on the sidewalk. That's the red spot. How it would mean so much to everyone. Crazy. It's yeah. that's the red spot. Yeah. And uh I even I took a picture of it on a digital camera. So Did it you? had to have been in 05, 06. Like I went yeah. down and I took a picture just to have it. Did you really? Yeah. So before the little segment there with Kathy and I, I mentioned the Facebook post and the coincidence that we were gonna share it this uh in this episode as well. Uh, and as as you read the comments on here, it's just amazing some of the the comments, and it's amazing how long the red spot was there. Uh, somebody said, as far as I can remember, the red dot was there when we moved in on November first, nineteen sixty nine. Originally, it was where we walked our dog to, and then it became the spot where the kids in the neighborhood could go no further. I remember standing on the spot with the neighbor kids that are now long gone, having discussions about sneaking past the sacred red spot. Somebody else said, it is at the end of Longfellow right at Twickenham. It was uh, a painted red spot on the sidewalk right at the beginning of the curve. We could ride our bikes to the red spot and back. I'm 40 years old now, and it is one of my fondest memories. Um, somebody as kids growing up on the 1300 area of Longfellow, we were allowed to ride our bikes down to the red spot on the sidewalk and no further. Somebody else, uh, I've been here for 52 years. That was all the further you had to go and then you better turn around. No, not one step further. Um, an elderly couple by the last name Holland used to live in that house. And he said, I always wondered if that paint was spilled when somebody was painting the fire hydrant, which is right there as well. Um, Somebody else, oh, one of my favorite memories. Wish I would have been smart enough to take a picture when it was still all there. Thanks for a bit of the nostalgia. Um, I think that's about it of all the comments there. But anyway, that kind of just shows the the uh, history behind the iconic red spot. Here is Johnny talking about how all the neighbors knew each other and how all the neighbors knew us kids. And then he even mentioned the Stand By Me reference when describing the adventures that we used to go on. That was probably one of the coolest things about our neighborhood. Yep, the tracks. Um, oh, oh, I'm oh, talking about the family. Oh, absolutely. The family part of it. Absolutely. Because with the neighbors and everybody else, we all knew each other, you know, but everybody knew mm-hmm. we weren't going to hurt anything. If we did hurt anything, we were going to let them know and say, hey, Yep. This, this is what happened. Yep. And my mom, what's funny, exactly what you're talking about is when the 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 parents never call the police or anything like that, they'd call the parents. Yeah, they'd call And the parents. so they would get on their, their phone tree or whatever that was by the mm. phone, and they would call the parents. And my mom was talking. She <laughs> says, I can't tell you how many times I got a phone call from a neighbor, and it may be not even one of my friend's parents maybe not dan and sharon or kathy or tom but another kid in the neighborhood and they said yeah we saw matthew he did this and that so like other people in the neighborhood would just kind of look and just call numbers Mm -hmm. think of that no cops they just called no No. (laughs) i mean it's nuts nowadays you saw five kids on the tracks somebody's calling cops they won't make it a block no. Without somebody calling exactly. the police. 
On top, won't. when we're walking across the river. Uh-huh. I mean, you got a quarter mile stretch going across the river, and you look over and you see eight kids, eight kids walking across the bridge going over the river. I mean, that's, you'd have a damn SWAT team out there. Yeah, there, there'd be tanks waiting for the children when they got across the bridge. And then when in our day, we just marched right across. Yeah. Taking our sweet time, fooling around and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's... The whole railroad tracks in the woods was just an adventure. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, you could wind through mm-hmm. back in the woods before they cut them all back. Mm-hmm. And nobody ever knew you were back there. It's own kingdom. Yeah. Own magic. That's going down to the corner. That's, I don't know if her parents knew that there were homeless shelters down there. <laughs> Bums Valley. Yeah. That was like the pseudo homeless shelter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're just down there. Do to do to do to do. Yeah, I mean, I never saw anybody. I don't know no. if you guys ever did, but I never saw anybody. And trash down there if somebody was, but I mean, we never ran into anybody. No. 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 But I mean, it's, and we're miles, miles uh-huh. away from home. Yeah. Via railroad track. <laughs> Adventures. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's with the movie. What was that? Stand by me? Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's when they went on that adventure. Right. Looking for the dead body. I mean, Correct. that was the kind of silly stuff we did. Yeah, you're yeah. damn right. And we did everything except look for a dead body. Yeah. And I bet if there would have been a dead body, we would have looked for it. Yeah, we probably would have. Yeah, just like them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It was our neighborhood was built for adventures. And I don't know if children these days are, are equipped to going on these adventures. Yeah. It, literally. In their heads, they do playing Minecraft all day, every day. Exactly. They do what we did physically they're doing on video games Mm -hmm. next jimmy and i talk about still living in the neighborhood both raising kids here and he described it with a meme that summarizes growing up here you and i live in our neighborhood where we where we are talking about we grew up in so we also had the distinct advantage of raising children in this neighborhood yeah do you think our kids would ever even have anything close to what we had? Not really. I mean, kind of just, I don't know, two things. Just like the whole era of the, you know, video games mm-hmm. and phones and all that just makes it a little different anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just always think of the that meme or whatever it is with the bikes in front of somebody's house mm-hmm. it's like that's how you knew where everybody was at back then <laughs> that's and true that's so true that was that was consistent back then man you that's just go true. riding around the neighborhood after dinner and just be like see if there's bikes at tj's house or yeah emery's or bones uh-huh. or whatever you don't see that anymore mm-hmm. no here's bone talking about the priceless friends that we grew up with and then i shared a text that i received from my brother-in-law roy it kind of summed up what we had growing up here. Get a little bit deeper philosophical, uh, just wrapping it up. Um, I know I wouldn't be who I am today without growing up here, whether it be skills I learned in independence, uh, skills I learned in just navigating the world and, and uh, uh, working, doing the paper route, getting to know people. I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Um, how is growing up here with us or just the neighborhood in general, how has that kind of affected you as a, as a man? Well, a lot of close friends, whether it be in high school or college, being in a close, t- 
tight uh-huh. knit area. I mean, it's hard not Correct. to keep in touch. So, right, right. And that's right. a, you know, priceless. Can't replace friends you grew up with. No, hell no, hell no. You can't. Uh, my bro- my brother in law Roy, um, texted me. Matter of fact, and now's a perfect time. I can I can read it, um, and I never even thought to actually read it on here, but. Um, Roy and I were texting and I was saying about this project here and he said that's badass man the dynamic of lifelong friends is so amazing to me because I didn't know it was an actual thing until I hit high school being a military kid people came and went like changing of clothes yep. think of that that's dude. well said and so his whole perspective is so different than ours and what we had and so that's truly why I want to just capture all of these things and put it on wax and uh, share it with our close friends and family so Kevin I appreciate you man All right, man thanks for having me yep for sure next TJ and I described why we wouldn't trade a minute of growing up here and how our neighborhood shaped us into the men we are today um, thank God nobody got hurt off anybody. No, thank thank God we're all here, dude. Yeah. Because there's shit. I mean, we could have got hit by trains. We could, our parents are going to be pissed for hearing this, but they know. Yeah. But uh, we, yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. remarkable we're yeah. alive. Oh, yeah. But leads into wrapping it up. I wouldn't trade a second in the world, man. And... The, our neighborhood growing up here has definitely shaped me into who I am today. You you agree with that? I agree. I think social construct, how to deal with other men, yep. how mm-hmm. to you know deal with women. Mm-hmm. We made mistakes with them too mm-hmm. growing up, but that's part right. of being growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just it molded us to be productive people in society. Mm-hmm. You know, I get thanked every day for what I do. Mm-hmm. You get thanked every day for mm-hmm. what you do. That's and what it means to be it. Well, yeah. <laughs> I know, I'm just joking. But you're doing a great service right. to society. I know, yeah, yeah. Right? That's true, though. And most of us are. With people. You know? Yeah. With people. Exactly. I mean, I, I think growing up here has, has taught us to interact with different types of people. Yeah. Um, and that's just both what we do. We work with right. the public, basically. Right. Um, and, and I think we can thank that to, honestly, the the the, the districting mm-hmm. of the school. I mean, mm-hmm. you had... Very true super rich kids you had kids like us you had like kids from like the clover street you're, you're darn right you had the behind uh by goodwill High by pearly up, up on the hill so there. you had a, very diverse a, a diverse yep. thing yep. and racially I, and ethnic and uh socioeconomically exactly too. but to me like i swear like i didn't know there was a difference till i was pointed I out the difference and it didn't happen till i was probably like i know seven yep Yep. You know what I mean? I know. Yep. And I was and, like, what? Yep. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. It's like, that's nuts. But that taught us. And it's all because of where we grew up. Right. <laughs> you know, I yeah. mean, hands down, that that taught us. But all right, man. Well, hey, Beautiful. that was awesome. I appreciate yep. your time, man. Yep. This is one of many more. Yep. All right. I first shared a quote with Tony. That sums up how us guys sometimes literally feel like a kid in a grown man's body. That led me to asking Tony a much deeper question, and it surprised him at first. But his answer led right back to being a kid again. And how amazed he was when he ran into a kid from our past. All right, we'll wrap it up here. So I was listening to my podcast I listened to. It's called Pardon My Take. 
It's a sports podcast, Barstool Sports. Love these guys. Been listening to them for several years. I mean, just fantastic. And so they are interv- they interview different people. And today was a waka flock of flame. And uh, they were talking about cartoons and how as even as men, we still love like cartoons and things like that. So Waka said, he goes, and it was it was funny the way he described it, but he goes, every grown man still has that little kid in him. And he starts talking about the cartoons we watch still, the video games we play still. When kids are around, we act like kids and we play with them. Well, I'm a dude, that is kid. exactly what you yep. just said, right? And so all of that is just the perfect reminder of being a kid. And so and it's a perfect reminder of us being kids. And so how does all that, growing up like we did, basically how has all that had any effect on who you are today? That's deep, son. (laughs) Fuck, dude. I mean, it made me still be a grown-ass kid. I mean, we used to have one of these um, slower kids in the neighborhood Mm -hmm. that rode a bike. Well... You know this kid. He was he was a good kid. Mm-hmm. You know he mm-hmm. picked up sticks. Mm-hmm. That was his thing. They became yep. guns. You yep. know, and you know we never fucked with them that bad. Right. You know, being boys, yeah, you're going to. Yeah. But love the kid, mm-hmm. dude. I'm at Speedway yesterday. Oh no, I still see him. David's there. Yeah, he's on his bike. Mm-hmm. Still on his bike. Do you have a stick? D- did not have a stick. Okay. But he comes walking out because I see the bike. Because he always gets a speedway. He gets a fountain drink. Okay. I see him with the fountain drink yes. all the time. And he walks out. And I don't know. He said, he said something. He's like, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, right, right. And I'm like, dude, he remembers me. Wow. I'm like, dude, it, 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 it's like 40 years back. Like 30 years back. Lit- that's, that literally. Literally like, 30 years ago. Like, dude, it's like, and we're nine again. Wow. <laughs> like, swear to God, dude. That is crazy. Swear to God. It's like at the same speedway. You it's know, it's just insane. Literally, it just that's it, it was it was a weird moment. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Memory Mission. I hope this whole first season has reminded you of growing up in your neighborhood, hopping trains staged fighting, building tree forts, building bike trails, engaging in bottle rocket wars, blowing up random things, pooping your pants, and getting chased after breaking windows. We've all done those things, right? As always, please stay tuned for future episodes. I have some pretty cool ones in store, and I think that you'll get a kick out of them. Thank you once again. I appreciate you spending your valuable time listening.